what kind of country we're going to be. Four more years of George, uh, George, uh, he is uh, going to find ourselves in a position where if uh, Trump gets elected, uh, we're going to be uh, we're going to be in a different world. I never forgot what President Kennedy said about going to the moon. He said we're going. You know why? Because we refuse to postpone. Let's not postpone and get out of the rain. God bless you all. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international under pressure. You should go out and vote. You're in voting now. Vote and let your senators know how you strongly you feel. Let vote now. Make court? sure you, in fact, let people know you're senators. A million Michiganders. Donald Trump thinks health care is a privilege. Rock and I think it's a right for people that bad at health care. <laughs> My name is Germ. This is Germ Warfare. The Battle of Ideas. Franz Cronier, head of Center for Risk Analysis, Analysis and, <laughs> and the Institute of Race Relations. I don't know what he said there. Do you know what he said there, Franz? <laughs> How are you doing, Germ? <laughs> I'm very well. How are you? <laughs> um, so... All right, <laughs> Joe Biden, we, everybody knows is not the president officially. Uh, the media will have you believe that um, he's the president. That's not what this conversation is about. Um, I just want to get your thoughts on um, assuming he becomes president, uh, what he could mean for South Africa or what his policies could mean for South Africa. And perhaps before we even get to that point, uh, France, Let's just quickly talk about what the Trump presidency meant for South Africa. Let's just let's just you know get a summary, a bit of a context. Yeah. Okay. Look, I mean, our call has been for for a while that it would be Biden, and that he would be Trump, and I go along with the idea that he is the president-elect. Um, I don't go along confidently with the idea that there's been mass voter fraud that's mm. stolen the election. I think it's been an exceptionally close race. We can talk about that. And I think that there will be administrative issues around someone might have voted in the wrong district or so. And I've looked into quite a lot of that over the weekend. So all of that's there, but, but to hold that up as a, as a mass voter fraud, uh, fraud against the people, I don't think that's the case. I've spoken to some of the, what I call the, the, the sort of proper Republicans, and I think there's a lot of discomfort around that party and, and the parts of it that, that, that mm. I have enormous respect for, for the idea that America's electoral processes have come down to a fraud against the people. There's some states that are a hell of a close. You know? <laughs> Wow, on the knife edge. Uh, yeah. By all means, Mr. Trump has the right to have those recounted. If he thinks they're administrative issues, he's got the right to, to have those reviewed. But with the evidence we've got at the moment, I think it is Mr. Biden. And uh, you know, anyone who, who possesses a very deep affection for America uh, should be cautious on the, we have a lot of this noise coming out, of should demand the evidence from Mr. Trump. Because what he's really alleging is, is that 
is that the, the greatest democracy on earth, which is what I think America is, that is no longer that. And uh, whether you are blue or red, and whether you think Biden's good or bad, or that that's all secondary to the question of America itself. Mm. And uh, the, the, the arch Republican should demand of Mr. Trump to put the evidence on the table of the mass fraud that, that he alleges has occurred. Uh, a short of that, it's simply a close election, yeah. which he's been beaten by, by Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. France, sorry, before we actually just continue, there are a lot of comments saying that your sound is very poor. And um, okay. I just got a WhatsApp now. Yeah. So let's just I see. this morning with it already. Um, let's just see if we can Jeremy. get it a bit better. Right. Let me try a few things. Morning shot WhatsApp me to say that your sound is bad. And if he says it's oh, bad, sir. then you know it's bad. Yeah. Is that any better? Because I, I mean, I struggle to even hear you when we started this morning. Um, um, yeah, it. it um, it's slightly better. Maybe just I don't know. Where's your microphone? Maybe give me because... a second. Right it's, it's here in front of me. Give me a second, Jeremy. Sure, sure, see sure. What we can do, and um, is that any better for you, Jeremy? Um, it's okay for me, but um, the people in the comments seem to seem to think it's quite it's quite echoey and bad. Okay. Give me a second. I'm just just figuring out your system. Um, give me a second, and then we we'll see what's going on after that. Sure. All right, so just while we are waiting for France, uh, France Grenier is the head of the Center for Risk Analysis as well as the Institute of Race Relations. Um, uh, let's just wait and see. Uh, Ramon has WhatsApp me. France, if you can hear me, he's saying that it sounds like you're using your webcam mic and not your audio mic. So you yeah, might need to I'm just switch sorry. those two. How's that, Jeremy? Is that better? Yeah, it does sound better. Does that sound a lot better? I think it does sound better, yes. I need to s hear you from your chair, though. Yeah, here I am. I'm back. Is that a lot better? Jeremy? Oh, yes. Right, there we go. Don't know what I did. I pressed the button. <laughs> okay, well, let's get back to the important stuff. So so you were saying that basically you don't Look. believe that there is uh, mass voter fraud. Okay, but before no. we go then to my no. initial question, um, France, do you, do you genuinely think that Biden has received this many votes. Is he that popular? Yes, of course he has. Within a few. I mean, mm. to go back to this fraud question, mm. you know, um, the, it's, the, the reason why you should be so skeptical of it is, is that if it's true mm. that, that an American election has been... Uh, has been turned on a question of fraud. It's the greatest indictment of, of what I regard as the most important and greatest democracy in the world. Yeah. And America itself is far more important than, than Trump or Biden and its institutions. And whether yes. you're going to get five, four more years of Biden, four more years of Trump, I mean, whether you're going to get Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the, the critical thing is the institution of America. And if these fraud allegations are correct, and that an election has been stolen by fraud, I mean, the implications of that for the free world are extraordinary. 
And anyone who makes that allegation about America, let alone its own president, better be able to back it up really quickly, which Mr. Trump hasn't been able to do. Yeah. And the best you're getting out of Mr. Trump is the is is, is here and there. I don't know. I, I mean, I've, I've been speaking to some people. Here and there, yes, there's a someone voted in the wrong district or the ballot didn't have the postmark on it. Or th that will happen. There are 150 million people yeah. uh, who voted. Of course, you're going to get some of that. What does that mean, though? Is it institutional fraud, an attempt to steal an election, or is it just administrative issues? And uh, so, yes, I, I don't doubt that Mr. Biden is the president-elect. And I, I lean, and I've told clients, think Trump is gone. And um, well, whatever one might think of that, good or bad, mm. far more important issue on America now is, is, is whether evidence can be brought forward about actual fraud. And there's none that's been presented yet that I'm a fraud. Yeah. None that, that I've been able to discern or dig up over the weekend. Mm. And yeah, of course, Biden won. He got he got more votes than Mr. Trump. And when you balance those votes through the various states, it looks like he's beaten him in the Electoral College as well. But remember, Mrs. Clinton also got more votes than Mr. Trump. Uh, so it's not it's nothing unusual. Mm. Um, she, she got more votes than Mr. Trump. Mr. Trump won the election because of the what I think is a very excellent American Electoral College system. Where where the 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 it's, it's not a straight voting majority. You you assign votes to the states to the electoral college and they elect mm. the president. I think it's it's a great system uh, uh, for America. But no, I I'm not at all uh, uh, leaning towards this fraud business, and I actually think it's it's unless evidence is presented, I think it's very unfortunate that it's come to this because. Yeah. It's 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 undermining um, this great American democracy, and and that's and uh, but the moderate Republicans, Jeremy, the proper ones, not moderate, moderate, mm. the proper ones are very uncomfortable about where Mr. Trump is taking this discussion, right. and I share their discomfort. Well, right. Okay, so, well, let's talk about that just for a second. That was my opening question. Before we talk about uh, uh, Biden's influence on South Africa, what was the Trump? The Trump presidency like for South Africa, in your view? I think it was, um, it's all, for, for my view, to speak generally, I think there was a, perhaps perhaps not the, the Reagan era for American policy towards Southern Africa, I, I think was very good. And then I felt, uh, my experience was that, um, into the uh, democratic era and past that, perhaps with some, you could understand it somewhat into the first years of Mandela and Mbeki, mm. but that uh, American policy towards South Africa, Southern Africa, started um, falling victim to a degree of naivety and I think to a degree of what uh, George Bush, not in the African context, but more generally, would turn the soft racism of lower expectations, and uh, it's it's an affliction. It's not just that it wasn't just an American problem. It's an affliction that Western diplomats in South Africa have suffered from for a long time. 
that the standards that they insist upon, the manner in which they go about their affairs on South Africa is often to indulge uh, uh, poor policies and simply bad behavior out of the South African government, which plays fast and loose with its Western alliances and doesn't hold the South Africans accountable. Now, where, what am I talking about? Well, look at South Africa's voting record in the United Nations. And you can do no better than to read the report compiled around Nikki Haley's former American ambassador to the UN. And if you look forward into American politics, you might hope that Ms. Haley will play a prominent future role. Mm. And, uh, and her, her, her report shows that South Africa's voting record is essentially on a par with North Korea, Cuba, and, and whatever other sort of Venezuela. Uh, hell holes you might find. Now, South Africa has also been for, for a number of years a country that, that demonstrates a trade surplus with the United States. <clears throat> a function of the generosity of and goodwill of American policymakers towards South Africa and its success. So at the one side, one end, South Africa has benefited handsomely from relationships with American administrations, uh, both on the sort of uh, trade side, the proper side of the relationship, and on the aid side, support for HIV and AIDS policies and so on, a lot of which, I mean, Democrats and Republican eras alike, but the Republicans have often been better for South Africa, just in terms of you know net benefit than than Democrat presidencies have. What changed under Trump was that I found I thought the American diplomacy towards South Africa was becoming more realistic. There wasn't a the 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 old acceptance of being poked in the eye time and time again, but coming back to to offer some more was gone and a more hard line was being taken on fundamental issues. Now, that was deeply unpopular within South Africa. It would have been unpopular in the South African media. It would have been un unpopular uh, uh, amongst policymakers here. It was unpopular amongst the South African left. But I thought it was very good. And I think the pressure that, that American diplomacy was beginning to exert, such as that around... Uh, 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 Nikki Haley's report in the UN, such as that around a speech made by the Secretary of State to Mike Pompeo in Addis Ababa a couple of months ago in which he warned on expropriation. What, what the Americans were doing is they were no longer appeasing uh, ideological and counterproductive South African policymakers, but they were actually starting to strengthen the hand of South African reformers within the South African government who realized that we need to cultivate a sound relationship with Western democracies, not simply take their money and then poke them in the eye and hope that they, that they go along with it. So that, I think, was a very important and positive aspect of, of, of Trump's presidency. Now, Mr. Mr. Trump was a very peculiar man. And um, <laughs> I don't think when, when, he, when he was announced, uh, when he won in 2016, I'd been in America ahead of that election. And that was really interesting because you, you spend the weeks in Washington and then the weekends in, in a more rural 
kind of outpost of the Midwest. And in Washington, you couldn't find anyone who who thought he'd win. And and even the what I call the proper Republicans, mm. you know, the the, the they didn't. Yeah. Uh, so no, I mean nobody. It's a proper hardworking capitalist decent mm. types. They couldn't see it either. But 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 go into those little midwestern railroad towns, sit in the bar on a Friday night, and and you couldn't understand how the man could lose. And um, uh, that that divide was very striking, and it goes back to American policy towards South Africa. In Washington, was somewhat naive, out of touch, and indulgent of ideas that harmed both South Africa and its relationship with America. Under Mr. Trump, that certainly began to change in key respects. Mm. And um, my concern is that, one concern is that under the new administration of Mr. Biden, American policy towards South Africa might revert to too great an extent to the indulgence and and, an appeasement of counterproductive ideas that will harm the long-term relationship with Western democracies and certainly harm South Africa's prospects of recovering uh, economically from the, 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 the state, the economies in at the moment, Jeremy. So what does that mean? Let's break that down a little bit. Um, South Africa, the, the South African conservative sector seems to obviously like Trump very much, despite the fact that some of Trump's policies are not very good. Uh, I mean, foreign policies are are very much pro-America, very protectionist. Um, these are not very good, uh, what would you call it, uh, international trade um, prospects for countries. He, you know, he wants everything to be within the, the U.S. Um, and that's not very good for people like us. Uh, because it, it no, makes no, it... no, no, I disagree with you. you, you... Look, on, on Trump and the people who like Trump, those railroad town little bars on a Friday night, there was a lot of support for Trump, a lot of make America great again. Mm. But I wrote in, in my first column back in South Africa on, on, on what had happened in that election that they did support him and they did vote for him. But I said, would they let their daughters anywhere near the man? And I don't think they would. So the the the, the support also needs to be qualified to, to a certain extent. Of course not true for all. Mm. And I, I find sometimes with the with the South African Trump supporters is um is I, I think Mr. Trump did a number of very important things. I'm gonna tell you on trade, I th- think he did uh, certainly in, in holding China to account, he, he did some important things. But 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 it's not a blanket endorsement of him. It's certainly not an endorsement of how he's lived his life or his relationship with the truth. It was the spectator, great institution, that mm. some Trump at best in writing that 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 he is, is a very strange man. He draws no distinction between fact and fiction. <laughs> and assumes that no one else does either. And I, that was early on. And I thought that was absolutely right. On trade, Jeremy, two things I think were happening. 
One is, 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 is China was looting American intellectual property. And secondly, America was asleep at the wheel and needed to catch up technologically. Part of the reason why America was asleep, I think, is that its, it's, 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 it's approach to the world, its sense of itself, its, its, the confidence with which it saw itself as, as the leader of the free world had begun to dissipate. And uh, it's, it's long-term policy to, to, to China, going all the way back to Henry Kissinger, had been as naive as its policy towards the ANC in South Africa. Mm. And, and Trump, as much as he, 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 he might not be the kind of man you let your daughter anywhere near, Trump had an amazing instinct. Uh, he wasn't a, he, one of my colleagues wrote in a column last week, he didn't have a very broad vocabulary. Trump, which was just <laughs> terribly rude. But he had this instinct, I think, to immediately see where uh, uh, America was being completely screwed and to act in the defense of American jobs and interests. Now, that does not mean that that was at the, at the that that was an attempt to undermine, it was an attempt to, to undermine international trade uh, protocols, etc., it was an attempt simply to 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 rebalance uh, uh, the balances of power in international trade with China. He did that very effectively. Thought he did that very well. On climate, I think Mr. Trump was excellent. I think he quickly saw that these uh, uh, multinational institutions are a stalking horse for left-wing and socialist ideology, and America is signing up to things that it doesn't control the consequences of, mm. and this will undermine American competitiveness. So in getting out of the, of the climate accords and so on, I think that was spot on. Now, that, that was, my, my sense, again, talking to, to some people who might have been closer, uh, it was instinctive, but I think it was correct. And on the Middle East, you know the 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 deal that's being put yeah. together there might not, have originated wholly, might not have initiated wholly out of Mr. Trump's administration, mm. but there's a, there's a real shot now at a lasting peace. I mean, it's a relative term in the Middle East. Mm. There's a real shot now at a lasting peace as the balance of power, Iran, Turkey, and and Israel begins to crystallize, and that is is correcting. Uh, the the imbalance to the peace that was allowed to get so wholly out of hand after the American invasions of Iraq and later and later of Afghanistan. So I think there's a, there's a lot on the foreign policy front, including the trade front, that Mr. Trump uh, should take credit for, and that he's done very well. Mm. And uh, that that is the Middle East. It's been excellent. He's in the minority of American presidents who haven't started a new war in their first. Uh, He's 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 set a he's fired a shot across the bow of countries who think that they can take advantage of American trade generosity, and he's corrected the, many of those relationships, which I think is good. And it will be reversed, of course, by Mr. Biden. But uh, I think he he had a very intelligent line on climate policy in, in America. Now, that's the foreign side. Yeah. Next, we can go to the domestic side, where there was also a lot that happened in, in the Trump term mm. that was good for America. Reflected, we'll get there now, I'm sure, Jeremy, mm. in the fact that his share of the minority vote has increased so yes. very quickly. 
Um, but we'll get there. Um, just before we talk about that, that front, um, lots of people have been speaking about Trump's position on South African farm attacks. And we know that he made that comment. Uh, was it in 2018, I think? Uh, which, of course, got the 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 wrath of uh, the South African media um, onto him um, when he said that he'll look into or he wanted to look into. But it doesn't matter whether or not he did. He expressed interest or concern about South Africa's farm attack situation. Uh, I don't know if anything's come, come of it, but I suspect that Joe Biden cares less about South African farm attacks, for example. Well, I wouldn't know if Biden cares more or less. What we do know is that the American line on farm killings in South Africa under Trump uh, became a very realistic line again. It's similar to, you know, Trump gets derided, Trump gets derided often also for, for the wrong reasons. Uh, his... his is uh, what's what's more controversial than pulling out of these climate accords? Well, pulling out of the WHO, which was also, I think, the correct decision. Yeah, I think so. Uh, 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 he gets derided for these things because they're not popular on the left of the political spectrum, where, where my read is that in many cases they were sensible. And the same is true for the line on farm attacks and farm killings in South Africa. That was deeply unpopular amongst the American left, and a vast attempt was made to discredit the idea that there's a problem of farm killings. I mean, Mr. Ramaphosa said in America there were no such things. Uh, the, 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 the mainstream American media went out of their way to discredit it, and I, I was party to one such instance. Uh, I wasn't the primary party, so I won't tell you which American publication now. Uh, but, but, but concealed evidence to the contrary when they were challenged on their uh, assessment that there was no farm killings problem. And then, of course, the, the, the white genocide idea was brought into the equation to say that, well, obviously there's not a genocide of whites in South Africa, which I agree with there isn't a genocide of whites in South Africa. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an institutional problem of the murder of commercial farmers at a scale far above that of the of the broader citizenry in the country. Mm. So a, a huge effort was made to 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 undermine the intention to look into the farm killings. And my fear is that the next administration, whatever it believes is true or not, won't have the same enthusiasm as that shared by the Trump administration. It's not just on the question of uh, farm killings, also on the question of expropriation without compensation. I think there the, uh, my, my sense became that there was a growing realisation in Washington that EWC was a serious threat, not just to farmers. It's not a land reform policy, but it was a threat to South Africa's democracy. In, and economy in a much greater sense uh, because property rights anchor substantive human liberty in every free society and that was being done away with and secondly I think the Americans understood what uh, South African and many in business don't that EWC is not about land in the main it's not a land reform policy 
It's a policy to seize property rights across the board that includes financial assets. It opens the way to prescribed assets. That's the real target of, of EWC. And I think that understanding in Washington was better as well. I don't know what it will be now, but I'm not full of confidence that the... Uh, my, you know, my fear is the, the, the Biden administration may approach South Africa with the same naivety that, that America has approached its relationship with China prior to Trump, that it approached its relationship with Iran. Now, we're not Iran or China, obviously, but it's naivety there. Better parallel is that the next administration approaches the South African government with the same naivety that American business in South Africa and business broadly in South Africa has for the past 15 years uh, approached the ANC in government. Why are you uncertain about the Biden presidency? Well, well, because it's 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 carried on. What, what what why do policies? Why is policy made? Policies reflect the dominant ideas inside societies, and the dominant ideas are virtually they're not necessarily the same thing, but they can be indistinguishable from the dominant ideologies in society. Mm. And the Biden administration comes to power uh, carried on an, a set of ideas or ideologies that lean to the left and sometimes to the to the very far left, uh, such as on 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 climate would be an example, or or on taxation, or on labour policy, and 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 broadly left wing ideology, perfectly legitimate thing, but. Populist decides to vote for it. That's it. You know, we're we're analysts. We 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 look at why that happens. But but broadly left wing ideology is is a package of products and services. It's not a buffet from which you pick uh, the bits you like and and then you get other bits as well mm -hmm. that are perhaps a bit, bit bit better or or more conducive to freedom and prosperity of people. Biden's presidency is carried to power on a wave of, by American standards, relatively extreme left-wing ideology, and that will be reflected in the policies of its administration. And part of that is questions such as property rights broadly. It won't have carried the same weight or be seen as important in South Africa under a Biden presidency as it was under a Trump presidency for the reason that it's not seen as important in America under a Biden presidency as it might have been seen under a Trump presidency. Mm. And, and obviously then the ANC would, would be very welcoming to this. Well, I think, you know, the ANC is a remarkably smart organization and shrewd, and it's played Western diplomats for 30 or 40 years beautifully. And, and, and uh, the, the risk here, if you talk about risks, the risk is that at a critical junction in, in, in South Africa's evolution, uh, they're going to get a more playable uh, compatriot in, in America than, than they might have had had Mr. Trump won a second term. But, but remember also, Jeremy, we talk about America and South Africa. Yeah, we do a whole podcast on it. There aren't many podcasts in America about South Africa. South Africa is 0.7% to 0.5% now global GDP. It's a tiny, silly little place in the eyes of many Americans, Republicans and Democrats alike, that votes with Venezuela in the United Nations mm. and really isn't worth an, an immense amount of time or thought or effort. So, 
you know, what, what Biden's policy towards South Africa, what any American administration's policy towards South Africa is, it's, it's, it's really a very small part of the broader uh, foreign policy mix. It won't get much time or thought and, unless, uh, and that will only change if South Africa becomes a more influential regional player, which means it needs to get its economic performance up to a point that it's growing at 5 or 6% per annum and therefore has the ability to project influence into Southern Africa. Then it gets taken seriously again. But uh, on both sides, you know, you, you mustn't, the, the, the Biden side can be allied to what's going on. They, they regard what's happening in South Africa as, as, you know, not of any great influence to America, none at all, really. And, um, and all a bit silly, you know, a, a country with a contracting economy, nearly 50% youth unemployment, that's going to introduce an expropriation policy in order to help rebuild the economy. Now, that's not even in the left of the Democratic Party does that go down as a as an intelligent way to carry on. So what what is I mean, what is the, your overall assessment then of the Biden? And we keep saying Biden, but I think we actually mean Harris. Um, I don't think he's he's going to serve out um, even six months. Um, but let's let's just assume that the Biden Harris presidency goes on for the next four to eight years um i mean is it a, is it generally going to be good for south africa no i don't think it would have been better had you had a trump presidency because it would have been more realistic mm. about uh, using what little influence it chose to direct at south africa to insist on policies that could see south africa becoming successful in the same way that I think that, that should Mr. Biden not complete his first term, I, I can't see him completing a second term, uh, the policies that would then be pursued by the Democratic Party would be policies that I think will undermine America's competitiveness in the world, that will uh, hang, uh, hand... You uh, uh, uh. also ask, what, what would China think of, of this? Who would they have, Trump or Biden? Biden hands down every time. It's not going to have a friendly China policy, Biden, uh, but but I don't think there's going to be the same uh, realism to the threat posed by China that you saw out of mm. out of the Trump administration. So and and the example of that, the, the reason for that is 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 the is the left wing ideas platform that Biden comes to power up are ideas that whether they're on climate or tax or labor undermine America's competitiveness in the world therefore reduces its geostrategic influence in the world. And this isn't at a time when its uh, dominance is, is unchallenged. Mm. You have uh, China and Belt and Road moving the global balance of power very rapidly from west to east. And, and my concern, not just for South Africa, which is in its own trouble, but, 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 but for freedom in the world, as it were, is that the the, the Biden ideas platform and the Harris ideas platform is a platform that will hand greater geostrategic control to the, to, I mean, to China in, 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 in some respects, most respects, and therefore reduce the broader geostrategic influence of Western democracies. And I think that's important. But there's another thing here, Jeremy, we sort of skirted around in, in that, Conservatives, to use the term in its right word, whether in South Africa or, 
or America, I mean, the one or two I've spoken to over the weekend, outraged. They think it's terrible. And they rant and rave and they stamp their little feet. And they must actually grow up and realize they've lost in the battle of ideas. It's, it's not Biden's fault or Harris's fault that they, they played the game better this time around. They got more ideas into the public domain. They got more people behind those ideas, fractionally so in, in some places. Mm. Uh, Georgia, uh, well, we'll see where that still goes. I'm not sure where that one's going yet. Arizona and so on. Uh, they won in the battle of ideas. And the battle of ideas is a contest. And at some level, it's a contest between the more left-wing view of the world and the more centrist or conservative or right-wing, but mm. using right-wing in the proper sense, not in the wrong sense of the world. When Biden beats Trump, it's because he's done a better job of it, and he's done a better job of it in a fundamentally free society, and therefore he's won, and what the conservative side needs to do is go back to the drawing board and understand that and understand how they can use the freedoms available in, in America's political system to shift the balance of power in a future election. But to rant and rave and shout about mm. fraud and stolen elections and that it's unfair and the end of the world has come is, is frankly an un-American way to behave. Do you think and, perhaps, um, do you think perhaps yeah. France, that it wasn't so much about Biden winning in the battle of ideas, but Trump losing in the battle of ideas? Well, yeah, I mean, if you look at the overall numbers, I mean, it's 145 million votes this morning, I think. Uh, Trump is five million behind Mr. Biden. So you know, for mm. for uh, 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 for for seventy million people, they made the choice for Mr. Trump. So he won on that, but but on the fractions, he ultimately lost out on. And um, the conservative side shouldn't make the mistake of what's happening. On, I see some left-wing commentators in America over the weekend again saying they're ashamed that 70 million Americans would vote for Mr. Trump. These aren't proper Americans. These are they're abominable. They're the deplorables, as there we go. Mrs. Clinton yes. faithfully named them just over four years ago. No, the Democrats that voted for Mr. Biden voted for Mr. Biden because they made a choice in a fundamentally free society. They thought what he offers and the way that it's offered will be better for them, better for the world, better for America. And that's how the system works. That's, that's it. When you're on the wrong side of that equation, you have lost. And if you want to come back in four years' time, you've got to go back to the drawing board and start at the beginning. And part of that starting at the beginning is also to interrogate whether Trump was the right candidate for you. But I've said he made shrewd decisions in the best interest, I think, of the free world in America in a number of areas. But, 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 but he wasn't a, a good person. He wasn't a, an honest person. I mean, he, He's, he's, a, he's a serial liar. I mean, just lies on Twitter, wild lies, but crazy stuff. When the American conservatives hitched their wagon to Mr. Trump, mm. you know, they, they were on a hiding to, to something uh, at, at some point. And uh, I think that that's why I speak about the sort of proper Republican, American conservative, sensible, decent, hardworking people need to go back to the drawing board now, except they've lost in a free contest mm. and accept that they need to improve their offer and its nature if they want to set that right in four years' time.
What, what we can also say, Jeremy, just you asked about what to expect from the Democrats now. Very important is January in the Senate. There are two runoff elections. If Republicans retain control of the Senate and deny uh, the Democrats a clean sweep, the Democrats at the House, and, and I think on the evidence, the, the White House, that will be a good thing because moderate Democrats will be able to use the Senate majority, the Republican majority in the Senate, to hold back the left wing of their party from implementing some of its, uh, what I would think is truly counterproductive ideas. And then an interesting balance has been struck in American politics. You've, 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 you've got a Republican Senate. It's, it's holding some sort of a line in conjunction with moderate Democrats. And, uh, you know, all in all, you look at what's happened. This isn't the end of the world. It's not the collapse of, of democracy in America. It's, it's actually a brilliant display of how uh, people in the civilized world mm. uh, deal with the fundamental series of differences of opinion and resolve them in a peaceful and amicable and stable manner. And it's a great advertisement for democracy, and it's a great advertisement for America as well. Uh, France, you're not, I mean, you're getting a huge amount of pushback now in the comments. Um, I'm sure you would have expected that. Um, do you not perhaps think that uh, there's something to be said for the establishment that is absolutely opposed to all things Trump? I mean, we know that, for example, that Google themselves... Who, who are fairly anti-Trump, their CEO donated to the Democrats. They, they have, they've been uncovered for adjusting algorithms, um, for example, in their searches. Do you not think that the, like the big tech companies have an influence in all this, in terms of censorship and trying to influence thought? Look, I've spent 15 years fighting battles of idea battles. Mm. And um, my message is always brutally harsh. These are excuses for the, from the side that lost. Sure, they fiddled with their algorithms. Sure, the mainstream media in America turned predominantly left. Sure, there was stigmatization of Republicans. Brilliant analysis out of the Cato Institute in America shows that the proportion of Americans who are afraid to reveal their political identities has taken off. All of that's true. I don't dispute the algorithm argument in America. It's true. But what do you want to do? Do you want to win or do you want to lose? And, and, and if you want to lose with a good excuse, say, well, the algorithms were against us and therefore we lost. If you want to win, understand that this is the terrain of battle of ideas that you're going to, that, that you're going to have to contest. And you're going to have to win within those limitations. And you have to get past them. You have to be cleverer. You have to work harder. You have to put more money into your, into your fight, and you have to command your own. Why, why does the left command tech platforms in America? Surely that's a failure of the conservative side in the battle of ideas. Yeah. Why do they not command media platforms? Why do they not command media platforms in South Africa? I mean, if you, if you come back at me with, well, the media was hostile and, and some tech platform ran an algorithm that you couldn't tweet in favor of Mr. Trump, I don't dispute that. You've still lost. Do you want to win? If you want to win, you need to learn to fight properly. And that mm. means you need to understand. Uh, you need to take a far less emotive view of a defeat for the conservative side of America. Yeah. 
well, what it's suffered now. And you've got to decide that. So to all your commenting people who I'm very pleased you've taken the time to listen to what we've had to say, understand where I'm coming from. Do you want to win the battle or do you want to explain why you lost and why that's unfair? Because well, I mean, even I would... if you pull that off, you still lost. Yeah, I, mean, I, want to win. I want to win the battle of ideas. Yeah, that's what Jeremy does. And that's, that's what's great about Jeremy. I mean, Jeremy's a fantastically important platform in South Africa because he, he allows a debate like this to happen, these ideas mm-hmm. to get out. If you want to win the battle, there are rules in, in this sort of dark art lobbying stuff. If you want to win, you need to be the side that at the point of a crisis has injected the greatest volume of compelling argument into the public domain. If you want to win, you need to do that. What happened in the American election is that by a hair, the Democrats managed to pull that off. Uh, uh, and, and therefore, just from uh, the professional respect between the sort of participants in the battle mm-hmm. of ideas, congratulations to them. They did very well, tactically, strategically, and in terms of raising money. They did a great job of it, and that is why they won. If you want to win, you need to become better than that. And, and I get this often on South Africa. Uh, people will say to me, it's dreadful, it's terrible, we're losing, it's pointless, it's unfair. And I ask them, do you want to win? How much, how much money are you putting into the battle of ideas yourself? What mm. pressure are you exerting on your own companies? Are you making sure your CSI-type spend gets into institutions such as germ warfare? Because if you're not putting everything you've got into that, then, yeah, the odds are that, 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 that you're not going to make up yeah. for the disadvantages that conservatives have in ideas battles. And that means you're going to lose those battles. Um, so, you know, put your money where your mouth is if you're serious <laughs> about this stuff. And, and maybe you can win. And I'm sorry if that comes across as, as harsh, but oh, it's, it's true. true. And it's, it's true. not going to change. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like what you're saying also, France, is stop being reactive and be proactive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, proactive, reactive. You, you, yes. I mean, you know, there's a little bit of both that goes on, mm. of course. But, but rebuild, uh, re-strategize, and you've you've got to be better in in a in an undemocratic society, in 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 pre ninety four South Africa. The, the rules in the Battle of Ideas, I think, are slightly different, because you you've got a system that's stacked with the power of the state behind it against one element in the battle of ideas uh, which 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 is a different context in a fundamentally free in the main a free society america's a free society south africa's a free society in the main we can have this debate this morning the gestapo are not going to break down my door and drag me to the gulag i can say whatever i want to about mr ramaphosa this morning i'll be mm. perfectly safe other than the twitter mob which <laughs> which is fine i don't know what goes on there in any case, so it has no effect. Wouldn't in any event. But 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 in these fundamentally free societies, the bitching and the moaning about losing is simply to suggest that the losing side hasn't yet understood what it needs to do if it wants to win. France, then let's come back to South Africa for a moment. Um you haven't you haven't been too clear, but maybe it's also because uh, your crystal ball is a little bit blurry on what a Biden presidency might mean for South Africa, but probably not terribly different. 
No, it doesn't mean, no, no, I haven't tried to be unclear. It doesn't mean terribly different because South Africa really doesn't matter much in in any respect to Mm. America. And South Africa's behavior is so appalling Mm. in terms of its domestic policies, its hostility to Western democracies, its voting record in the UN. But there's really not much that anyone who wants to help South Africa can do to help it, even the Democrats. Uh, I shouldn't say even the Democrats. Republicans have often been better for Africa than Democrats. Mm. There's, there's, it doesn't matter how well disposed you are in the West or in Washington towards South Africa. If South Africa is going to have an expropriation policy and, and crazy racial quotas that it's going to force foreign investors into, and minimum wage policy out of all relationship with the structure of its labor market, and schools that in maths and science are are very bad. I mean, you know, I could use other terms. You know, what what can you do if you sit in Washington and you've got investor capital or you've got support for South Africa? There's nothing you can actually do. Mm. So if I'm vague on the relationship, is that for South Africa, Republican or Democrat, the benefit South Africa draws out of that relationship the ball is in South Africa's court. If it plays game, gets rid of its expropriation policies, chops out a lot of the 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 the, the racial nonsense in its empowerment policies, and and uh, tries to resume its place amongst uh, in a diplomatic place amongst the free world. It'll do great out of both uh, the Republican side and the Democrat side. The mm. the distinction between the two. Democrats are likely to be more naive about South Africa than the Republican side, at least that Republican side under Mr. Trump. But beyond that, Jeremy, you know, if if you're as hostile a destination as South Africa has become to America, whether it's business or diplomacy, I mean, you're voting with the North Koreans in the UN and you're telling investors, listen, you can come. But we might expropriate your business, and in any event, you've got to give X percent of it away to a political crone. You know? <laughs> mm, yeah, that's a good the, point. The, the South African media's perspective is completely wrong. There's nothing you could do to help South Africa if you're, if you're an American or European diplomat, because the South Africans' policies are so self-destructive that, that yeah. So, so it sounds like what I you're saying... That, it sounds like what you're saying is that we actually need to make our own bed. Of course we do. Of course we do. Um, and and that's not fully understood on the South African side mm. uh, by the mainstream, our Twitter, our mainstream media. They're mm. as detached as the American mainstream and media was. And you're going to get a whole lot of painful stuff over the next couple of months about how this Biden swing bodes really well for South Africa when... I don't think it changes much fundamentally because whether you love South Africa and want to help it or whether you loathe South Africa and want to sink it, I don't think there's anyone in that position globally. Mm. The policies of the South Africans are already so decrepit that there's there's nothing you could do that would change the result fundamentally in, in South Africa. Yeah, I think I think if I look at the comments, uh, your your truth, your truth, uh, what would you call it? Um, your truth bombs are hitting a lot of people um, in spots where they don't want to be hit. I think you're speaking reality. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, that's the look. I don't want to be in a then claim no easy victories is mm. one of the rules of this kind of battle of ideas stuff. And um, and don't tell people what they want to hear because it simply weakens them, and uh, it makes them less aware of what they need to do, and they mm. become even more complacent, and you 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 end up losing uh, your your ideas battles. Um, so yeah, I'm you know it's hard. I think yeah. it's true, and I've been doing this stuff for a long time, and um, yeah, uh, don't yeah. We've got a few minutes sure. left. Let's just have a bit of fun here for a second, France. Right. Who should be running for the next Republican president? Uh, Trump needs to just uh, go onto a ranch somewhere and not worry about contesting again. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's a ranch type. That's more the bushes. <laughs> <laughs> but he needs to basically not, not attempt to run again. Well, that will be a disappointment. I he can do whatever he wants to do. It's up to the Republican Party and establishment around him mm. to do that. But the the look, the champions of Mr. Trump, were they in 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 the man, were they pushing themselves down a dead end? Mm. Uh, uh, there, there's you know what what do you 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 need to do, you need to go back to the ideas framework of Barry Goldwater. You need to go back to the ideas for that, that set up Ronald Reagan. Mm. Um, there was uh, an American politician, the name of Jeff Flake is this book. It's sitting on my shelf somewhere here. I'll say it. it's called the conscience of a conservative. Uh, repeat uh, a copy of Barry Goldwater's book. And and Flake was an American lawmaker into the middle of the Trump era, mm. and then broke with that, saying, "Look, he, he oh, you can't speak for me. You should see if you get Flake on your show. He knows a lot about South Africa. Mm. It's quite good on South Africa." And and he was that that sort of. I think he, he expressed early on concern that if you've got Trump as your candidate, if he's you. And with Trump, you get the whole thing. You get the pragmatism, like on climate, where I think he was right, and you get the 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 the, the ethical standards and the honesty and the relationship with the truth, which which wasn't what I think it should be. Um, so, how did you end up there? Is actually the question. What happened since Reagan that you ended up with the Trump? How much has gone wrong inside the conservative establishment in America? How much has gone wrong inside the Republican Party? Because you, you can't tell me, Jeremy, and I had the moments too where I enjoyed Trump's victory because of the manner in which it was a reality check for the, for the otherwise unchecked American left. Mm. But Jeremy, if this guy is the epitome of what you want conservative politics to be, I mean, he's not an honest person, you know, to begin with. Then I don't think you've got much longevity Long, longevity in, in, in your ideas battle. Mm. And um, yeah, there we are. And, and the sort of very good time, you must go read a piece. Ivo Fechter, he writes for the Daily Friend, which is a, a newspaper uh, established under the auspices of the broader IRR. Ivo's a columnist. For which I draw. And Ivo wrote. For which I draw. Yeah, uh, yes, no, 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 which means it's a great <laughs> publication. 
And it is, it is great. And gee, it's great. And Ivo wrote a column last week about American Trump. Now, I, I thought that was a very good line to take. And then another column I suggest you go and read came out over the weekend. My colleague Michael Morris, also in the Daily Friend, wrote about America and this idea that it's now so divided and that the dividing of America is a fault of Trump's. And Michael blows that out of the water beautifully yeah. uh, 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 to say that that's not true either. And I don't think it, I, I don't, I, I'm, you know, in, in a lot of the left media, you're getting a storyline that sounds a lot like Cyril Ramaphosa coming mm. to power, that we were divided and now we need to unite. Uh, it's, it's almost as if, if it's a great social compact is needed. And I don't think that is the case. And when the left-wing media talks about a social compact, what it actually means is you lost and now you need to agree with us and we will have one dominant idea in our society and then America will be healed. Nonsense. The great thing about the free world is that you can be a society that holds diametrically opposing views. It would be ghastly if everyone held the same view or all fell in line now with Mr. Biden. The great, what makes America great is the closeness of this race, that there is a fundamental split in opinion in a still united union mm. that after this will go on to remain a great country for many of the people that live within it. So be cautious as you, if you want to be cautious of something that's going to come out of this Biden election, it's going to be the idea of unity and healing. Because what unity and healing means is that the deplorables must shut up and stop bitching and moaning and must join us. Yeah. And then America will be healed again. And that that's would a be a point. terrible thing to happen. But you still were a little hesitant to 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 play my my game with me. Uh, people were game? saying Ted Ted Cruz, like just potential. I mean, who? Oh, uh, Tucker Carlson, say, maybe. Uh, well, you know, let's see what the who the, Ted Cruz the kind of popular. look. Besides, what's practical, mm. and and who may or may not want to. Spend some of your day today having a look at Nikki Haley. That that might be an interesting direction. Nikki Haley. Yeah. Not that she will or can or wants to or is positioned to. But if 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 the tumultuous events that now play out in the Republican Party end somewhere really positive. Let's say if, 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 if down the line I was told, oh, Haley's being talked of as the candidate, a candidate, I think a lot is going right in conservative American thinking and politics. Would you agree with Peter Hitchens when he says that conservatism is largely dead in the West? No. No, it can't be dead in the West because 70 million people voted for Donald Trump and he's not a, a liberal in the Western sense. Mm. No, I don't think it's dead in the West at all. Uh, uh, quite the contrary. You've got uh, Mr. Johnson in the UK. Corbyn got absolutely nowhere. Yeah, he's but getting nowhere in his own party. Yeah, but he's not conservatives. That's his argument. 
He's using the, the yes. Mm. Well, I think I think that gets a bit extreme. The dividing line they they're not centrist for me in the main. They might mm. be to the centre right of things, but no, I don't I don't think it's dead at all. And I, I don't think you know the seventy million people voted for Donald Trump, and that's the mm. centre of Western power and influence in the world. It's basically a fifty-fifty split between the left wing and the conservative wing. So mm. it would suggest, yeah. I mean, the argument that that some of these Western leaders are not really conservatives, they're kind of stalking horses for something more centrist. Yeah, it's an interesting idea, but uh, 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 I, don't, I don't buy it entirely. France, all right, we have to go, but you've had one hell of a... Uh, uh, pushback in the in the comments probably one of the most uh most divided series of comments i've seen on on my show in a while uh, i suspect that's a good thing uh what do you have any closing thoughts any parting thoughts no not i mean i i mean divided opinion is not a problem we're not trying to turn germ warfare into sort of a democrat version of what america <laughs> should be so divided opinion is a good thing and, you know, take it from me, where I come from, what we do for a living. If you want to win, you know, welcome to the hard reality of it. If you want to sit on the sidelines, watch, observe, speculate, comment on Twitter, you know, that's, that's, that's a different thing. We're in the business of winning these battles. The harsh reality is the first step towards starting to make progress. Jeremy, great to talk to you as always I've this morning. Thoroughly Thanks enjoyed to your guests. Yes, thank, um, thank you for your time. Always process. appreciate that. We'll talk. Yeah. We'll talk soon. All right, my, my name is Germ. This was Germ Warfare, the Battle of Ideas.